Global Threat Report is brought to you by Global Threat Solutions, uh, 100% veteran-owned Long Island-based security investigations firm, offering so much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can check it out for peace of mind in uncertain times. Just go to the website, globalthreatsolutions.com, or a phone call. We'll do it as well. Any questions at 646-946-6649. Right at the helm of it all uh, is the uh, the captain, uh, Ken Bombase, and, of course, uh, the show is amazing. The uh, Captain's Brief, Saturday mornings at 11, right here on LA News Radio. And we appreciate uh, the request, late request, Cap, always coming through uh, as far as everything. Um, great having you on this Monday. Um, you know, we, we learned, I learned early this morning uh, when I was prepping for the morning show here uh, that Lloyd Austin uh, is in the critical care unit. Bit of a relapse could be a bladder-oriented uh, situation from his prostate cancer. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But he has uh, delegated his duties now to his assistant. And the White House has been alerted uh, as a little bit different as far as a month ago when we all know what happened here. Uh, but uh, very tough times right now for this administration. Cap, welcome. Good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so... Uh... He had initially, the secretary was rushed to the hospital for concerns over his bladder. He initially held on to, power, held on to his control of the Department of Defense. He brought all the equipment necessary for him to conduct his job and handle classified information. But then at about 5 p.m., he transferred power to his deputy secretary, Kathleen Hicks. Yep. And I'm assuming that might be because he was put under or just unable to do his job at that point. So it seems like he's very reluctant to submit to this condition that he has, which is somewhat serious. And uh, he's struggling to maintain control. And the problem is, Jay, that this is a critical time for the Department of Defense. You know, we need someone at the helm that's 100%. And we can't have somebody who is constantly, this is the third time now, in and out of the hospital. Obviously, there's a big controversy about him not notifying the president and other leaders. Um, It's not personal against him. You know, everyone thanks him for his service, but at this point we need someone who's 100% to be at the helm of the, the Department of Defense. And I think there even needs to be further legislation that dictates exactly when the Secretary has to release control, and it needs to be done quickly because there's too much at stake right now. No question. I'm talking with the captain here, the Global Threat Report. Now, Cap, the President said something uh, in a nighttime news conference on Thursday, of course, you know, all the stuff that was going on with the Justice Department and the memory loss and everything else uh, from uh, the investigator, her, Robert Her, uh, but basically stating, you know, listen, uh, he's really, what it really said to all of us was he's not fit to stand trial and everything else. Couldn't remember the, the son's uh, death, Bo. Uh, couldn't remember some other things as well. I tell you, it was just a mess, but he did say something that caught my ear was the fact that he thought this whole thing was over the top as far as how Israel is conducting itself. And I'm saying to myself, what do you mean over the top? What's over the top mean? The 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 Israeli people were attacked, uh, blindsided, on October the 7th. What would you like them to do, Mr. President? You know, and, and listen, I I get it. Everyone gets it on the planet. As far as some of those individuals, what they're going through and everything else, innocent people in the midst of a war and the humanitarian crisis 
that is going on right there, okay? Um, Israel did not dictate the terms here, okay? They are in line as far as retribution to eradicate killers, okay? Killers, monsters, people who burn people alive, people who cut off babies' heads, okay? Let's never forget what occurred. Let's not forget what occurred, Cap, on that, that music festival back on the 7th, okay? 260-some-odd individuals dead. Let's not forget the hostages. Let's not forget the Americans that were killed. Let's not forget the hostages that are made up of seven or eight Americans still. Let's not forget that. But it's it's over the top is what Joe Biden said. I had an issue with that. Yeah. Yes, I think I think everybody does. I think it's his staff does because he speaks and he doesn't think, um, and and he's not able to comprehend what he's saying. Uh, but you're exactly right. You know, it's so ironic that they're constantly using the word genocide. I mean, all you read when you research this topic, all you read about is negative um, reports about Israel and how so many people are condemning them for their actions and that it's genocide. And it's so ironic that the Israeli people are taking these steps. And they have to take their defense so seriously because they are literally people who have survived attempted genocide. And they ha- they cannot bow down to the pressure of any country, not even the United States. And they've done this before. You know, I, I can't think of another world leader, and I'm in no way likening them to one another. They could have so much mounting international pressure to stop operations right now and, and completely resist that pressure. Um, I can't think of another world leader than Netanyahu who could who could resist so much. Maybe Vladimir Putin for other reasons, but but again, I'm not likening those two. It's just he has strength. The Israeli the Israeli people have strength. They know their lives are at stake. This is not a game. So uh, you know, right now there's a lot of speculation about what they're doing. You know, they they're conducting this operation in Rafa, and there's a right. lot there's a the, there's a lot of condemnation right now. But they're not going to stop, Jay. And, and by the way, this operation in Rafa, which is southern city um, in Gaza, and they said that's where the last bastion of Hamas is. You know, this operation um, is being condemned by the Red Crescent, the international community. But they said the last bastion of Hamas, and they're not going to stop because they can't allow them to exist. It's their very security that depends on this. Yeah, uh, 100%, no question. And things are changing. You mentioned Rafa. Uh, where now the, the Israeli military cap said its forces rescued two hostages. It was a special operation conducted overnight in the southern Gaza, Gaza city of Rafa. That's right, you know, on the Egyptian border there too, folks. So uh, it came under sustained Israeli airstrikes throughout the night that the Palestinian Red Crescent Society said it killed more than 100 people. And over the weekend, the president, the prime minister, Netanyahu, discussed a deal to secure the release of hostages in Gaza, as well as this ground assault in Rafa. Hamas uh, has said this ground defense in this region uh, would mean the end of hostage negotiations. First of all, ha- how do you put any emphasis on what Gaza's on what Hamas says as far as the truth? Uh, yeah, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And this is what Netanyahu knows. And I'm sure he has conveyed this to Joe Biden. As far as, you know, the last time we had some sort of a ceasefire, look what happened. There was a massive violation involved. Uh, Hamas doesn't yeah. stick to anything. 
The only thing Hamas knows is killing. That's it. They only know how to kill and kill Jews. And that's what they're all about. As to the direction, by the way, if we all know who. And that being the center of it all in Iran, as far as Tehran and the mullahs. So, in essence, uh, this is what I'm... Listen, Netanyahu's firing back at, at Joe Biden here. You know, he's yeah. no. I don't think I don't think Joe Biden is in his ear anymore, Cap, as once was. You know, I think he just appeases him and takes the phone calls from the president. And but he, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu, he knows what it has to be done, and he's going to continue to do it. And he'll say, "Yes, we take every step." And by the way, Jack, they have taken every step to protect civilians. We've seen that. I mean, to suggest that this is genocide. If this was genocide, trust me, there'd be so many more people dead right now and so much more devastation. They've taken extreme steps to protect the civilian population, while, while, while Hamas has not. Hamas has put their people in danger intentionally. And let's face it, Prime Minister Netanyahu, he didn't want this deal anyway, Jay, because he doesn't, like you said, we're dealing with terrorists. It's like negotiating with al-Qaeda. You know, you can't trust them. He knows he can't trust them, and it was going to be this slow a trickle of hostages coming out periodically while they got to regroup and and key leadership was able to survive. He's not going to sign on for that. You know, the deal, they wanted thousands of Hamas prisoners released out of Israel as part of this deal. It's completely unrealistic. And in the meantime, while everyone else is pointing fingers at Israel, they're going to continue with operations. They rescued these two Argentinian hostages, and they're going to continue to attack in southern Gaza, and they're going to eradicate the rest of Hamas and try and destroy their leadership, too. It's all that could happen, and you're going to hear a lot of calls from the international community the entire time not to do it, but I think that's what's going to happen. I don't see any successful deal with Israel, between Israel and Hamas at this point. And, you know, Jay, I'll say one more thing. Back in November, I believe it was, mid to late November, there was a poll done, and it was uh, conducted in Gaza, and it's, people need to remember this. They, they love to say that they're victims of Hamas, um, the people of Gaza. Meanwhile, over 70% of the people polled, these are the people, the Palestinians living in Gaza, said, at this, remember, this is when the conflict is raging now in response to that attack on October 7th. Over 70% of the Palestinians said they fully supported what Hamas did on October 7th. So Israel has to deal with this. This isn't going away. Two-state solution. This is still going to be a neighbor that thinks they should exist, and there's still going to be a threat there. I just don't see that as a realistic solution. No, I agree. The uh, captain with us, the Global Threat uh, Report, kind of less, a last-minute deal as uh, we reached out to the cap based on the events. Lloyd Austin in critical care right now has delegated his duties uh, to uh, the assistant. The White House is aware of what's going on, certainly unlike what is what had occurred. Um, and with that being said, Cap, the aid package and everything else, Senate moving closer to passing the foreign aid bill uh, with crucial assistance for Ukraine and Israel. Key vote yesterday to advance, I think it was 67 to 27 on the vote, including the support of 18 Republicans, by the way, despite uh, Trump urging uh, the GOP lawmakers to block it. Uh, one more Republican senator to vote yes on the procedural vote than Thursday's vote on the bill. So uh, you know, to me, it's a sign you got support now on the Republicans for the for the me- re- on the measure, which has remained very consistent, and you know, even kind of widened in recent days. Now, it's passed by the Senate, goes to the House, obviously, still unclear regarding the Speaker Mike Johnson. 
to hold a vote on it. Um, you know, the way I kind of see it here, the foreign aid stuff and everything else uh, should be a standalone as far as what we have seen on the border, as far as what they want and everything else. I'm not happy with the border bill at all. You got a tug of war going on here, Captain, as far as the next couple of days. Yeah, you know, I, I just, I think, I don't like the idea that we have to tie Israel and Ukraine to to our border, you know, and, fu- and funding for uh, the border. I think first things first, if I were addressing these issues, why it's, to me it just sounds like it's pork, right? Why are we sticking this in here right now? No. I think first, let's, first things first, let's protect our country, then we'll worry about those countries. And I understand that Ukraine and Israel, they have implications far beyond their borders and they impact us. But I don't like a lot of what I've seen in these bills. I know in the in the border bill there was wording that they wanted to have anything over 5,000 a day, people crossing or at the border. That's when they would lock it down. That's a crazy number, way too high, way too high. It should be 1,000. You know, we, we, we know that those numbers are astronomically high. Things like that need to be pushed back against. And if they can't come to a, a deal that protects the border, then I, I wouldn't move forward with it. I would keep these as separate. If it were up to me, I would keep these as completely separate issues, and they shouldn't be put together to pressure people to vote for something that they know is not a good deal for the people of, of the United States. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I am not happy with the border section of that bill because, obviously, you know, nobody should be let in uh, until you have a complete revamping a policy here. I don't want to hear four to 5,000 people a day uh, is uh, going to suffice. Fast forward, that's 2 million people a year. Listen, we're already inundated with 9, nine to 10 million uh, encounters when all said and done from this administration, Cap. Uh, we know that the cities are just being strangulated at this point in time from a fiscal standpoint. It's just not a good bill. Uh, the, border bill the border side of things alone is it's just an awful bill. Uh, how do you fix? You don't need you don't need approval. By the way, they you know people are lying when you say, "Oh well, we need we need the house to stand." No, you don't. All you need to do is to invoke the policies that were pretty much slashed in one. That's it. You know, yeah, we made exactly. in Mexico and everything else. We we talk about it all the time here. There, there are ways yeah. to put a stop to this with one stroke of the pen. It's easy. It's easy, but it won't be done. Because that's the you know, political uh, football we play, Cap, right? Yep. So it, this is so simple, such a simple topic. President Biden came in and created this disaster at the border without congressional approval. Why does he need it to fix it? It's very simple. He did this independently. He did that. He created this mess through executive-level action. Yep. Why does he need Congress to fix it all of a sudden? It doesn't even make sense. They're trying to all of a sudden, after three years of destroying border security and put, I mean, creating countless threats to the American people within this country from so many things, from ranging from terrorism to crime and fentanyl, spies, uh, an incredible number of Chinese nationals crossing the border, all these things. He did that through policies that did not in any way involve Congress. Why does he need them to fix it? Just reverse what you did. Reverse what you did and go. It was safe before he came in. Let's just do what the, the guy before did. How about that? Let's just do what he did, and everything will be safe. And we'll worry about a bill. I get it. There should be. Congress should be involved. There should be laws passed in the big picture. But right now, let's 
just fix the border and protect the American people. And he could do that completely by himself. Yep. It's uh it's a simple fix. And you look at all that's gone on with this thing, the fentanyl and, and uh, some of these individuals uh, that have absolutely destroyed lives as far as what has been going on here. And it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, last thing, Cap, as far as what happened near Houston yesterday, uh, still being investigated, the shooting at Joel Osteen's church, about six miles, I think, from downtown uh, Houston. Uh, a woman armed with a long gun walked into this mega church. Uh, accompanied by a young child and began firing two injured, including the child who was hit during the shooting. I, I think it was around it was around two in the afternoon. It was before the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, but still being investigated and everything else, the shooter was killed. Give me a sense here of what you're hearing, sir. Yeah, so Jay, this is one of those mega churches. Um, and the details, so many of the details are still coming in. Right now, we don't know the identity of this woman. That, that brought this long gun into this church under a trench coat. We don't know if she had a relationship with the 50-year-old man and the little boy who were ultimately shot in this incident. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know exactly who shot the men and the boy who were wounded. Was it the armed woman or possibly the off-duty police that were involved in the shooting with her? Um, and we aren't even sure exactly what type of weapon that she had under that trench coat. We know it was a long gun. So it's a lot that we're waiting to come out. And it was, you know... There was two off-duty officers that did this. Another thing they didn't really mention is were they off-duty officers that were being paid by the church for security, or were they just there as parishioners and, and happened to respond? Because I can tell you, we, my firm, we do, we're in Texas, and we do work in Houston, and you could actually call the police department down there and hire police for security. We do it. I've done it. Um, and they literally come in full police uniform and car, too. It's not like New York. Um, and I'm wondering if those people were actually in the paid employment of this church or if they were just there attending church and responded, which is something we've seen happen in the past. But in any case, I think over the next two days, you're going to see a lot come out. Um, either way, the chief down there said, listen, well, the details are coming out, but this woman is to blame. She's the one who came in here and put this boy's life at danger through her actions. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of these incidents. When I first heard about it, I thought about South Carolina years ago and that Dylan Roof when he went in and killed nine. Uh, just uh, a very uh, tough situation on a day in which, you know, we're all kind of getting ready for uh, a little enjoyment, a little recreation, a little watch of the football, the final one and everything else. Nothing of this nature ever comes into mind as far as what you think could happen. But you know what? We live in a crazy world today, Cap. Uh, a crazy world indeed uh, as far as uh, events that uh, occur. And uh, it's just a very tough time. But in Houston, uh, they're trying to figure some things out there. Can't thank you enough uh, for popping on here. For peace of mind and uncertain times, go to the CAPS website, globalthreatsolutions.com. Here's the phone number. Any questions? I mean, the company provides so many services. Suffolk County-based, by the way. Six four six nine four six sixty six forty nine. You'll hear from the cat later on in the week as uh, we unfold uh, many an event. Uh, very big week as far as the nation's capital. Uh, some very big decisions uh, to be made and solidified. Uh, always a pleasure, sir. We thank you. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on.